How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right, all right. How's it going, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today we're going to be talking about three things that made me more spiritual and grew my business. And as I'm sitting here in Costa Rica, uh, looking out of the jungle and over a beautiful ocean recording this, I felt like that was nice and fitting. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now on Amazon as well. Now let's get on with it. So a little bit of background to this. Uh, I think a lot of in, in our world today, I think a lot of people think that the idea of spirituality and faith is is very separated from business. Um, and I just don't think that's that's true. One of the things that I've found, obviously, being in, being in some of the circles that I'm in now, um, in, you know, when I was in the corporate world, the topic of uh, religion and faith was very taboo. People didn't want to talk about it because it got political, it got heated and all sorts of this stuff. And I'm, I tend not to talk about religion. I'm not a religious guy, uh, but I am a very spiritual person and I've developed uh, a, a deep spirituality over the last several years. Now, I don't, I don't claim to be part of any religion. I, I think a lot of you know, religious dogma gets it wrong, in my opinion. It, it introduces a lot of human flaw into the idea of spirituality, and that's where we end up having wars, and we have a lot of disagreements, and we have political issues, and, and we bring it down to a lot of smaller things. But one of the things that I've noticed is that faith, faith in something bigger, something larger, a, a higher consciousness, a universal power, something larger than we here can understand— uh, was a common recurring theme that I noticed in majority of the most successful people that I'd ever met. In fact, uh, it's so recurring that I, I actually did an interview with over uh, about 200 different seven-figure, eight-figure, and, and even nine-figure and billion-dollar business owner uh, entrepreneurs. And what I found is uh, virtually every single one of them, I think it was like all but like one, believed in some form of higher power or something greater than themselves. Which is a little bit weird when the topic was, you know, kind of taboo. And when I was in the nine to five world, I, I kind of, you know, I didn't believe in any higher power. I was, you know, probably would have labeled myself as a, um, um, like an atheist or something like that. But, uh, you know, the more that I, I went down this path of entrepreneurship, one of the things that I realized is to be successful as an entrepreneur is literally impossible if you don't have some form of faith because entrepreneurship is batshit crazy, right? Think about it. Like if you, if you follow any rational standards or social norm, you wouldn't go down the entrepreneurial path because all odds say that you will not be successful. So in order to go down that path, you have to have some form of faith that you are going to conquer the odds. You are going to overcome 
the, the norm and do something different and there's something bigger or a purpose or a meaning for you or something like that. And I always used to kind of tie it back to, I think I used to watch too many Disney movies as a kid. So I always did believe that, that, you know, that, that good always defeats evil and, and love defeats hate and all of these things because I just love Disney movies. Um, but in the end, that if you think about that, that that belief is is a form of faith, the faith that good will win is a form of faith and belief in something higher, something bigger than yourself. Right. And so uh, as I realized that, I started to realize how important uh, this idea of faith and, and spirituality really was. You know, Jim Carrey uh, once said it. he said, I, I wish everybody would just take a chance on faith. Not hope, not dreaming, not religion, faith. Just have a little bit of faith and go for something bigger, go for something more. And I think that can change absolutely everything for you. So these are the three things that made me more spiritual and actually grew my business at the same time. So the first one, I always like to start with education, right? We live in a very logical left brained world where intellectually we need to understand things for us to be open to it, for us to allow it, for us to let go of control and defensiveness and, and no, that can't be true or that blah, 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 blah. Like, so one of the things for me that really allowed me to open myself up to spirituality was just education. Uh, and first of all, it actually started just like I was talking about as I started to put myself around the right people, the more successful people I put myself around, I started to realize that the majority of them had some form of faith, right? I, you know, one of my first mentors, Jack Canfield talked about it all the time and he talked about his spiritual practice and my good friends and mentors, David Meltzer, talks about it all the time. And as I started to get into the, the higher levels of, of entrepreneurship, seven-figure communities and things like that, it became a normal conversation to the point where even at masterminds, there were there were uh, spiritual discussions very regularly at the lunch table or or you know over drinks after, after the event and things like that. And spirituality became a normal discussion uh, amongst the higher level communities. Now, it's kind of piqued my curiosity. So I ended up, you know, wanting to educate myself. So I started finding books that could educate me on the ideas of, of higher level thinking, consciousness, things like that. And obviously being an engineer, I really wanted to satisfy that logical side of my brain. So what do I do? I go to anything that shows me the science behind spirituality, of course. And one of the first books that really cracked me wide open was a book called The End to Upside Down Thinking. Uh, if you haven't heard of this book, it is phenomenal. If you are a science uh, focused or engineering person, you literally follow the scientific method to scientifically prove a higher level consciousness, a collective consciousness, and that consciousness does not come from your brain itself. Um, very, very cool how this process goes down. Another great book, Power Versus Force, where they literally use the power of scientific method to study uh, spirituality and energy in the world to see different levels of consciousness uh, among people, amongst uh, emotions, amongst decisions, amongst uh, a lot of different stuff, communities. And, and Power Versus Force, literally, again, it's statistical analysis, numbers, which, you know, in my mind, growing up an engineer, the one truth in the world is math doesn't lie. Math cannot be broken down any further. It is just math. Right. And to see the numbers actually point out and point towards a higher power and to point towards spirituality will really crack you open. So if you're if you're just getting started, check out an end up up an end upside down thinking and power versus force by uh, power versus force by David R. Hawkins. And then the third book that really cracked me wide open was Autobiography of a Yogi. Uh, by Paramahansa Yogananda. And this is the book that Steve Jobs uh, credits for basically sending him down the path of, of becoming who he became and building Apple and building Pixar and everything there. And to the point where at Steve Jobs, 
uh, wake at Steve Jobs' funeral, he gave away an iPad to everybody. And the only thing on the iPad was the ebook of Autobiography of a Yogi. That's how powerful that book was. Now, I found that my strength of faith, uh, as I started to build this curiosity and educate myself on what faith really was and what spirituality was and, and why I had so much resistance around it and so much resistance around it came from the dogma of religion and, and what they told you to do that I just didn't feel was right. Um, but what I found is that as my strength of faith started to strengthen and my, my strength of spirituality and my trust in a higher power strengthened, in my business, it started to help me act from a place of purpose, even in the face of fear, acting more courageously more often. Now, I did an entire TED Talk around this uh, that you guys can check out if you just Google Xander Fryer TED Talk, TEDx. Um, uh, what would you do if you couldn't fail was the title. And the whole idea of that TED Talk is every decision that we make as human beings either comes from uh, one place or another. It either comes from purpose and love or fear and scarcity. And the more often that we choose from a place of purpose and love, the, the more successful we end up feeling, the more happiness, the more joy, the more freedom, the more we decide from a place of fear and scarcity and, and uh, uh, that restriction, the more frustrated we end up, the more lonely we end up, the more unfulfilled we end up. Um, and I've seen this to be true among, uh, you know, among the thousands of people that I've worked with and, and among just uh, people I know in general. And so the problem is acting from purpose, acting from uh, uh, from that place requires you to face fear to take actions. You have to face your fears and act courageously. But most people get in their own head because logic most of the time will lead you down a, a decision that keeps you from fear. It keeps you safe. It keeps you comfortable and it keeps you from the fear. But if you have faith, you start to act in the face of fear. You start to act courageously in the face of fear to move things forward. And as I found that my faith strengthened, my spirituality strengthened, so did my decisions that came from purpose. And the more and more I acted from a place of purpose and the more and more I saw my life become more successful, right? You know, I'd, I'd start to act like other people that were successful. And you study other people that are successful, they, they tend to act from courage and purpose rather than fear. So the number one thing that really got me down the spiritual path was just educating myself. And I'm not talking about public education because the public education and the media education is brainwashing and it is not the right shit. Be a critical thinker. Go find the right pieces of education to educate yourself on. Now, the number two thing that really led me to becoming more spiritual and growing my business was experimentation. So first, I wanted to educate myself. But, you know, like I always tell everybody on here and we always tell all of our clients, it's one thing to have knowledge, but true wisdom comes from actualized knowledge. It's putting the knowledge into action, testing it on yourself so you can feel, viscerally feel the result, right? So, okay, well, I'm going to go test this stuff out and see how it works for me. So I started testing out different types of meditation. I, I tested out, you know, just basic mindfulness. I, tended out, I tested out breath work. I tested out... Uh, um, Vedic meditation and TM, and then I tested out Kriya. And, and what I found is the deeper that I went in this, there were, there were certain things that started to open me up a little bit more. And, uh, you know, breath work, going deep in breath work, Wim Hof type breath work or anything like that um, can take you to some pretty deep places where, where you calm your mind and you can really start to get into a deeper intuitive space. And Kriya Yoga was another path that I went down that actually comes from Autobiography of a Yogi. And I've been practicing Kriya now for about four years. And in that process, have, you know, as I keep doing it every, every month, every year that I keep going allows me to get deeper and deeper and, and relinquish a lot of that, um, 
fear-based side of me. So as I started to experiment with these different types of meditation, I started to see parts of myself start to shed away and, and parts, other parts of myself start to crack open. And as they cracked open, I, I saw, you know, better parts of myself and I released a lot of the shittier parts of myself. I also started to play around with some, uh, some hallucinogens, uh, some, some psychoactive substances, uh, because, well, you know, when I was growing up, I, I heard that drugs are bad and mushrooms are bad and LSD's bad and all of this sort of stuff, because that's what the media tells me. And then I start to educate myself on, on mushrooms and psilocybin and, and, uh, and LSD and all this sort of stuff. And the person who educated me was uh, a good friend of mine. Safa, who was actually a uh, PhD in um, uh, psycho, what was it? Psychocognitive intelligence. He was an MBA from Harvard, and he worked at McKinsey for twelve years and helped develop several startups. It was a multimillionaire. So I was like, okay, this guy not only is one of the smartest people to ever be educated around the human brain, but he's also been wildly successful in business. And he's the one who actually educated me on how minimally uh, uh, dangerous things like psilocybin and LSD and, and MDMA can be and how they, you know, they've actually had studies and tests to help people uh, pull, you know, veterans out of PTSD and depression and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but obviously the mainstream media, uh, you know, dictates that these things are really bad for you. And then I started to realize, oh, and amongst the entrepreneurial community, everybody talks about it. You know, everybody's done a little bit of microdosing or everybody's, you know, done DMT or ayahuasca to clear and shed and, and all of these sorts of things. So I played around with a little bit of, a little bit of psilocybin, a little bit of DMT. I haven't done ayahuasca yet, but I'm sure I will at some time. And the more that I play around with this stuff, I realized, hey, this stuff's not bad. This stuff's not addictive. This stuff is very releasing. Um, and if used properly in a uh, medicinal way, can be incredibly powerful and incredibly transformative. Now, you don't want to abuse them, of course, and I'm not, I'm not saying anybody should abuse them. If you ever go down the path of doing uh, you know, an MDA or a psilocybin or a DMT or ayahuasca ceremony, make sure it's conducted by somebody that you deeply trust and make sure you are ready because they can be jarring. They can release a lot of crap and a lot of subconscious programs in a, in a small amount of time. You know, Where meditation and breath work can take you over an extended period of time, um, I found that psychoactive substances can take you in a very short period of time. Um, well, actually, honestly, breath work, I, I've had breath work sessions where it's felt like I've just taken DMT, I've blasted off to a different world and had to have somebody bring me back. So, uh, breath work can definitely do that to you as well. Um, and so can meditation. You can, you can activate the pineal gland and the pineal gland. We actually have DMT in our brain already. It's what helps us dream when we go to sleep. Um, so all we're doing is we're telling our brain to release the DMT that's already in there. And you can do this without the psychoactive substance itself. Um, so pretty cool. Anyways, I digress. So, you know, I started to play around and I started to experiment. And as I played around and experimented, I started to realize more and more how much I disagreed with what the mainstream media said about, you know, all of these things about spirituality, about a higher consciousness. And, and for the first time in my life, I started to deeply know a higher consciousness. I started to deeply understand what it meant. And there's no intellectual way to fully explain it. And you, again, this is like the difference between knowledge and wisdom. You can know it intellectually, but until you truly feel it, you, you don't truly know it. Right. Um, and so that was one of the biggest things that I noticed. And, and as I played around with it, you know, I played around with, well, you know, just starting out with, well, what, what, you know, with actions, like, well, what if it doesn't kill me? What if it doesn't kill me to quit my job? What if it doesn't kill me to do this thing that scares me? What if it doesn't kill me to do this? What if I lean in? What if I allow myself to focus on on letting go and, and allow myself to focus on growth, even if that growth is uncomfortable. And the more that I experimented with this, the more I found that I grew. I learned, I started to learn a lot faster than most. 
And because I learned faster, I became bigger and better faster. Because I became bigger and better faster, I started to see more success. I started to find more love. I started to have better relationships. I started to have more of all of these things the more that I leaned into it and got uncomfortable with it all. And all of that came with just the subtle idea of wanting to experiment and see what life was all about, see what else there was offered here. And then, you know, so now we've got education. We're educated. We understand what spirituality truly means. We dig in, we read some books, we talk to some people. Then we experiment for ourselves. We start to start to play around with different types of meditation. We start to play around with some psychoactive substances, testing out like, hey, what if, you know, this thing scares the shit out of me? And it might be true, but what if I just go did it? What, what if I just went and did it anyways? Let's, let's, let's see what happens. Learn for myself, right? If I go follow my intuition, see what happens. And as I followed my intuition more, I started to see, holy shit, it scared me to do this, but my life turned out better. And then the third thing. Now, I don't know if this is something that can be recreated, and I hope that it isn't something that you desire to recreate, but it is something that a lot of people go through. And it's something that I went through and has been a big part of my spiritual growth. And frankly, uh, a big part of my business success as well, unfortunately, and that's losing my best friend. Now, I have found that a lot of people finally crack open spiritually when they go through something really, really tough, uh, a physical accident, the loss of a best friend or the loss of a loved one, maybe a, a child or a mother or a sister or a brother uh, or a spouse, um, and it really cracks them open. Or it could be a uh, a personal journey, or it could be, you know, any number of these things that can happen that, that really cause you to force you to let go of control, to start to realize that, you know, as much as we want to pretend we have control, there's so much that we have no control over. We are such a small part of this planet, this universe, this whole ecosystem. And also, you know, the, one of the things that this really allowed me to see is when I lost AJ, it allowed me to really meditate on my own death. Now, in Tuesdays with Maury, great book, by the way, in Tuesdays with Maury, one of the things Maury says in that book, Maury's uh, suffering from a, uh, an illness, a debilitating illness, which is causing him to slowly uh, deteriorate and pass away over the course of several months. And, and as he's approaching his deathbed, he says, you know, one of the most important things is, you know, one of the most important things for people to actually live is to realize they're going to die. And he said, most people get it. They understand they're going to die, but they really don't admit it. They don't really understand it. Because if you truly understood that you're going to die at some point, then you realize you have a limited amount of time on this earth. And you're going to want to spend that time in a much more purposeful and much more meaningful way. And you don't really start to live until you understand that you're going to die. Because when you understand that you're going to die, you stop wasting time being afraid. You stop wasting time doing nothing that matters, right? And when you lose someone like your best friend, when I lost AJ to suicide, it forced me to look at that. And it also forced me to question what this whole world was about because AJ was my first mentor. He was, he was a light in this world. And someone like that, you know, if there really was a higher power, how could he take him from this world, right? And it really forced me to let go and just see, just understand what I could learn. Let go of the control, let go of trying to understand. And it forced me to feel the feelings because when you're going through something like that, if you don't allow yourself to feel the feelings, it'll cripple you. And a lot of people who've been through a loss like, loss like that will tell you. They've, you know, it could be years or even decades later, and they're still crippled by it emotionally. But the people who have allowed themselves to feel through it and learn the lessons as they, as they felt the sadness, the pain, the guilt, the frustration, the resentment, the anger. And as they moved through all of that, they found these little golden nuggets at the end. And something happened for me 
And as I started to allow myself to move through this and I would just relinquish control. I remember one of the days when I just uh, like, this is probably within the first month or so of losing AJ. And I just, I basically just bawled my eyes out for an entire day. I cried. I was writing letters to him. I was, I was meditating on it. I was doing a lot of uh, fear journaling and we do a lot of like psycho, uh, uh, psychosomatic processes to move through the emotions. By the end of the day, I just cried and let out so emotion, so much emotion. I walked out the front door and I was like, oh my God, what is that smell? And this is, you know, this is, this is pretty woo woo and fluffy of me, but I was like, oh my God, are those the flowers? And I just went and I smelled the jasmine bushes outside my front door. And it felt like the first time that I've ever smelled flowers before because they smelled so incredibly vibrant and beautiful. And I realized that most of us end up numbing out our life just to get by. And the truth is when you numb out one emotion, say you try to numb out anger or sadness or stress or something like that, you can't just numb out one direction of your emotions. You numb out the whole spectrum. So it isn't until you allow yourself to feel and, and understand and go through these emotions, the deeper you go to the negative, the more it allows you to feel the positive because you're unnumbing and you're expanding this spectrum of, of feeling and sensation that you're going through this world with. And because of that, I had never truly, I realized, you know, I had never truly felt love like this before. And I truly believe this is one of the reasons why uh, Maddie and I have the relationship I have is because I lost AJ. Right. And it's also one of the reasons why I believe that our business is so successful and continues to grow year after year is because I care so much and so deeply about our team members and our clients that I, I truly think this is the secret to success. I think so many people think, oh, to be successful in business, you have to you have to have a hardened shell and you can't care. And I'm like, no, I think those people can find some success monetarily, but they also hate their lives. So they're not actually happy or fulfilled. But the people who can truly care and do something they truly care and work with people that they truly care about, they serve harder, right? That's the key. It's because I care so much and because I felt that loss, when I see other people and what they've gone through, like, I want to help them. I want to pull them out of it. I want to help them go help more people. And so I serve them harder. I, I, I push harder because I know what it's like to be there. And when you can serve another soul that hard, you're never, you're never lacking fulfillment or purpose or drive. And all of this came from losing my best friend and letting go of control and forcing myself to relinquish the idea that I could control everything and realizing that if I just followed what my intuition told me to, even though it scared me most of the time, something more amazing would come from it. Now, obviously, I don't wish hardship on anyone, but I do believe that my spirituality is the number one reason I'm so happy and successful in life. So the sooner you can start working on building your spirituality muscle, I'd say do it. Now that's all we have for today's show, guys. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure you implement what you learn with us here today. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, the book available now. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. 